0: And, uh, you know, of course, you know, it's easy to take songs like that and just Christianize them. All you have to do is what South Park recommends, and that any you have the word baby appear in a song, just change it to Jesus, and now you have a Christian worship song, and that's what Rick did.
1: 500 years ago. Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called Table Talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio picks up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio.
2: Welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Giglin with my co-host, Pastor Brian Wolf, from the Pope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. How are you, Pastor? Good, Evan. How are you? Very excited about today's Table Talk Radio because we have our Table Talk Radio Idolatry Awards Show. Uh, Pastor, why don't you explain how this works?
3: Well, the way that uh, the awards that are going to be given out here, we have four categories, and each uh, Evan and I have selected two nominees for each category, and we are going to uh, pitch them. To the guest judge today, who is Chris Roseborough of Extreme Theology, of Pirate Christian Radio, of Fighting for the Faith, of A Little Leaven. And that's why he's been brought on the show. He is the curator of the Museum of Idolatry at alittlelevin.com. So uh, we've Evan and I have selected uh, our nominations for four categories. And Chris will determine whose is the best. By best, we mean worst. Uh, and then we'll give a thousand points uh, to them. So Chris, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you.
0: It's great to be on. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: I, P- Chris, I have a question for you right off the bat. Uh sure. y- You do this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the the blog of, of this mu- mu- museum of idolatry, A Little Leaven. Yes. Does anything surprise you anymore?
4: <laughs> I mean,
0: That's a great question. Uh, uh, it's getting hard to surprise me nowadays. That when I first started it, I, there were times when I would be rolling my eyes and shaking my head, and now the stuff that I was rolling my eyes and shaking my head at a couple of years ago is just common everyday stuff nowadays. So it's it's getting harder and harder to shock me.
2: Well, I, both both Pastor Wolfman and I submit one nomination for each category. We'll discuss the categories in just a second. But okay. I I was just going through there and looking to see which ones literally made my jaw drop, and I wasn't disappointed. Well, I was disappointed, but uh, I, I never failed to to find something that just made my jaw drop.
0: Yeah, I've the museum of idolatry. I wish I could say it's a labor of love, but it's 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 tapping into that unspoken spiritual gift that some people have, and that's the spiritual gift of dumpster diving for Jesus, <laughs> which I seem to have perfected.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, the categories for our idolatry award show: uh, first is the worst music idolatry. Second, the okay. worst marketing idolatry. This is uh, what you call on a little leaven, Jesus junk. Um, okay. The the third is a uh, worst Christian sex idolatry that seems to be a, a popular marketing ploy uh, to hey, get people relevant. in the church.
0: It sells, it sells.
2: Sure, and, and then the last is the worst sermon idolatry, and this is not only sermons but you know sermon themes, uh, service uh, themes to try and get people into the into the Got church. It. So, those are the categories. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, do you want to do you want to do your first um, uh, music idolatry? Do you want to set this clip up at all, or?
3: uh sure we have some audio of some nonsense <laughs> and evan's going to play it i think and then uh and then we'll talk about what what in the world is going on with this song now just for you listening beware that th- there's this this song is very dangerous in getting stuck in your head. It's an earworm, and it's you might be singing it for <laughs> for months. So if you don't want that, then uh, turn the radio down or sing uh, up something else while, while you're listening. But let's have it, Evan. Let's have the song. It's called Jesus is a Friend of Mine. Jesus is a friend of
2: mine. Jesus is my friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend.
4: Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a
0: friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll.
2: The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise His name. Okay, that's pretty good. That that's how the song goes. Um, now, wh- one thing I Jesus wanted to point out,
4: just
2: as far as the, the theology goes behind the song, did you hear what he said? Jesus taught me how to save my soul.
3: He taught me how to save my soul.
0: <laughs> you didn't play this one. There's another line in there that said, Jesus is a Mountie. He always gets his man. You missed that one.
3: <laughs> Zap. Oh, man. Have a friend in Jesus. Well, I actually think that song's great, so I'm going to lose this category. What a fantastic <laughs> song. <Have laughs> well, a friend
0: in Jesus. well, Evan hasn't weighed in yet, but we have to hear Evan's uh, nominee here. That's right. Well,
2: it li- it's like a, what, a 70s video, a Christian music video, and... and uh, uh, they,
0: they, they couldn't make it under Lawrence Welk, so, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, well, that's... That's a pretty good nomination, Pastor Wolfman. But I think I think I have a, a pretty good contender also.
3: Uh, well, yeah, and this—I mean, just to point out—I mean, I think what you—I my cl- clip is the beginning. Your clip is going to be the end of this trend, which is which is all about an effort to make Jesus approachable and to make uh, it's it's a it's a complete loss of any sort of sense of the holiness of our Lord Jesus. Um, And and I think you have that, too, even in a higher degree. So I'm ready for your nonsense.
2: Chris, this is is from your friend Rick Pino.
1: Put a place of honor in our hearts for you, Lord. We know that we can't receive anything from anyone until we have honor in our hearts for them. So just like Moses, as a sign of honor... As a sign that you are removing the things that separate you from the holy place, I just invite you to kick off your shoes right now. Now,
2: you can't see down the video, but everyone's on, going down and taking off their place. shoes. I
1: don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. Kick your shoes off in this place.
2: I remember what they said. This is, this is for honor, just like Moses.
1: And while you're down there, grab a oh. couple socks. <laughs> Come on. Everybody going to grab something to spin. You guys ready?
2: Now they're all all waving their socks in the air spreading foot diseases.
1: (laughs) Come on, put those things up. Spin your shoes, sock keys, I don't care. Everybody, you're not spinning anything. Come on grab something everybody <laughs> Yeah I sing this You spin me right round Jesus right round like a record Jesus right round 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 you spin me right round, Jesus, right round, like a record, uh. Jesus, right round, sing it up, <laughs> right round,
0: there
1: you spin me right round, Jesus, right round, like a record, Jesus, little bit louder, you spin me.
2: That's enough. Uh, now, Chris, you're more familiar with this stuff. Uh, was that uh-huh. was that not in the context of a, of a worship setting?
0: Uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, that that was part of some kind of a worship conference, or not conference, but a, a, a concert. And that was a little break they took. And Rick Pino is like the uh, he hangs out with the Todd Bentleys of the world. He did music at the at the Lakeland revival and and things like that he hangs with the those latter rain uh apost- new apostolic movement people the uh, patricia Kings and the Todd bentleys and stuff like that and it, it just
4: <laughs>
0: oh it's so hard to listen to that
2: oh now that that, that song sounds familiar
0: <laughs> yeah it, that's from uh the the group dead or alive back back in the eighties of course I remember it growing up and uh it, it the the Song is you spin you spin me right round, and the guy singing it originally from the '80s is a guy by the name of Peter Burns, who is a who is a really um, let's just say in-your-face transvestite. And uh, you know, of course, you know it's easy to take songs like that and just Christianize them. All you have to do is what South Park recommends: and that anytime you have the word "baby" appear in a song, just change it to "Jesus," and now you have a Christian worship song. And that's what. <laughs> Rick Pino did.
2: Yeah. Now, th- there's a lot on the line for this category. We just have a, a minute left. Um, but the winner of this, uh, if, if you pick Pastor Wolf Miller's uh, nomination, he gets 1,000 points, and if you pick mine, get a 1,000 points. So, uh, Chris, please, uh, wh- what's the, the winner of this worst music idolatry category?
0: Okay, that's a great question. Let me give you my reasoning here. Um, well, the first one is a really good one, and the funny thing is that that's really— yeah that that's a great song it's got some great heresy in there about saving your soul but it's 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 lo- so likable that even John Crowder covered it on YouTube and so it's like it's becoming a cult classic and people are have revived it I mean we might even be hearing this in churches you know in the future but Rick Pino's one definitely is off the charts Heretical and bad, and it's worse than that. Jesus is a friend of mine, so I, I have to give it to Evan.
2: All right, it's a thousand to zero, right in this first category, right Man, here. Okay, a well, we're to, of points. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to go to a break. We'll be right back. We'll be continuing our Table Talk Radio Idolatry Award Show with Chris Roseboro right after this. We're in. Right
3: This is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, I listen to Table Talk Radio. Martin Luther says that the most common idol in all of the world is the idol of money, that we trust in it, that we fear losing it, that we think that because we have it, we're secure. Here at Table Talk Radio, we have the solution for this idolatry. Click the Donate Now button on our website, and you will support the ongoing efforts of Table Talk Radio to spread this word of God uh, throughout the world
2: and we're back <laughs> with table You're talk radio
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're continuing friend.
2: stop singing that song <laughs> i see it we, he warned you. This is what will happen if you listen to that song, Jesus is a Friend of Mine. I
3: have a friend in Jesus. Dun- We're in the middle of our
2: Table Talk Radio Idolatry Award Show with Chris Roseborough. And uh, uh, just to, a, to take a look at the tally of points, uh, it's myself with 1,000 <laughs> and Pastor Wolfmiller with zero.
3: Oh, yeah. Remember, though, the points on Table Talk Radio are like the age of accountability doctrine. It's totally made up, it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, moving right along, then our idolatry award show uh, is the worst marketing idolatry. Uh, this is the the Jesus junk. And uh, Pastor Wolfman, why don't you uh, go ahead and, and uh, give us your nomination
3: first? I had so uh, there were so many things I was f- uh, kind of between this and that on this one. I thought for a while that I might go for the Messiah Mints because it had this great tagline: "Save your breath." <laughs> Or the testaments, or I you know what i haven 't seen yet you got the testaments you got the have, do they have something called the commandments <laughs> where they have the uh, they're in the shape of uh the two tablets of the law I No, seen because those yet, they but. live in the life of the gospel oh I see uh so there's an idea for for fundraising for table talk radio, we can make some commandments there. I also like the guitar picks which say pick Jesus I also like this this kind of um uh, line of Jesus dolls, and th- I was gonna choose this: it's the Super Bowl Jesus, the Harley riding Jesus, the homeless Jesus, the Rambo Jesus, the cowabunga surfing Jesus, the skate punk Jesus, the rock climbing Jesus, which shows just this idolatry of "I'll have Jesus in my own image." Thank you very much. But I decided on the on the on the uh, for marketing idolatry on the tongues T-shirt. Uh, there's three T-shirts there which have uh the slogan in them is written in tongues so you have the high papa ashunda t-shirt the Hikunaisa, sa and the ikumi ashunda t-shirt uh and i picked that as the the worst uh the marketing idolatry the the tongues t-shirts chris can
0: you give us an interpretation of that please
3: i was wondering if they have the interpretation on the back <laughs> So you turn around and it says God wants you to be rich or whatever they <laughs> want. <to preach> you. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. it's
2: kind of left up, kind of like the the, uh, the the practice of speaking of tongues is kind of left up for for
3: you know anyone to interpret it as they wish. Uh-huh. Uh, but have I mean, you got this bad teaching on tongues, this is which is ju- and it's just a joke. And then I, but I think this chir- these shirts actually point that out. I mean, of course there's no translation because it's just a bunch of hooey, um, made up nonsense. Much like the points on Table Talk Radio. Right. Hey, that's a new line you know, right
2: here. Uh but Chris what's behind all this uh, Christian marketing of, of getting stuff out that has uh, is just religious?
0: Um, money. That's what's really behind it if you really boil it all down. It's it's somebody has thought up a way in which they they can just slap a bible verse on something or you know make something that, that appeals to religious people and they'll buy it, you know, cuz I, I think that the last Estimate was is that the Christian products is like a 4.6 billion dollar industry per year in the United States. That's really? a lot of money, and everyone's got to get their piece of it.
2: Huh. Uh, now, my I, I had a, a few uh, picks too, but um, the one I almost picked was the Blessed Mother USB flash drive, and okay. uh, and and as it was working, as it was transferring data, the red heart would glow. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. But no, uh, I, I went with the, the, the Talking Jesus doll, and I have a little bit of an audio clip. I won't play the whole thing for the sake of time, but uh, I guess some sort of a, a local news team covered this this idolatry, so uh, here, here's that clip.
5: Love others as much as you love yourself. <laughs>
1: Is that the sound of something spiritual or sacrilegious? That new doll is being sold exclusively at Walmarts here in the Valley. Obviously, if you couldn't recognize it, it is the doll of Jesus, and it talks as you heard. CBS 5's Jeffrey Jarrett takes an in-depth look at this holy action hero.
3: These are normal religious images. This is not. I am Jesus. I am the Son of God. Meet Talking Jesus, a bearded, posable deity-slash-doll. Mark, 1231. Who shares Bible verses. Love others as much as you love yourself. Not everyone loves these dolls, though. We bought one at Walmart today, showed it to Angie Labrizi. You can learn it in uh, Sunday school. doesn't have to be in a doll. She's worried kids might play with Talking Jesus
0: alongside, say, a Bratz doll, a bit sacrilegious, as Carol Perrin. They'll go
2: to the grocery store together, and they'll be wearing each other's outfits. I don't think that's right.
0: (laughs) Mark,
1: 1230, love God. My first reaction was, there's Jesus.
3: But Mark Lineagello, who goes to Catholic Church, says anything telling kids about God is good.
5: As a doll, I mean, at least they're getting to know him. I think if it's going to bring families
3: or people closer to God, I think it's a good thing.
2: Okay, that's the basis of the of the news clip, and the, I don't know, Chris. Maybe you do. I don't know uh, where this this local news team covered this, but the first thing I thought when I when I saw this clip was it was a slow news day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, what's funny though is is that the media covered it, and I think the media got it. It was like there's something wrong with this. I got to read to you a, a comment that came in on that particular exhibit in the museum. A gal wrote in. She says. My girlfriend gave one of these uh, Talking Jesus dolls to her children. I was at her house last week, and the kids had Jesus dressed up in a Barbie dress. Oh, no. they, thought it was really, they thought it was really funny to change Jesus' clothes. I also saw them pretending that Jesus was preaching to the other dolls, and the other dolls thought Jesus was a goob, and they were sending him <laughs> to talk about nursery and persecution. Also, when the kids were done with Jesus, they tossed him in the toy bin naked.
3: <laughs> Jesus is a doll of mine. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh. Well, there, there are the two nominations for the worst marketing idolatry. Uh, Chris, can you can you pick a winner on this one?
0: Hey, you know, if I have to pick the worst, it has to be the talking Jesus. We're talking about our Uh-oh. Lord and Savior here. So, yeah, talking Jesus is definitely worse than tongues, but the tongues one, it was just a, a riot hearing Pastor Wolfmuller actually read the, the what they were saying in tongues. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you're gonna probably pull that out and put it on your show, Pastor Wolfmuller. Ha, ha, pa, pa, ashunda. <laughs> oh, brother!
0: This is Pastor Wolfmuller family. talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that,
2: that'll be a promo for Pirate Christian Radio and Tabletop Radio. <laughs> yeah,
0: but if you're gonna do it, everything in Pirate Christian Radio when you're speaking in tongues, it ends with r. <laughs> okay, <R's>.
3: yeah. Hikumna yeah. <laughs> 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 ar
2: All right, that that takes <laughs> nice. us to two thousand points to zero. And, uh,
3: oh,
0: Pastor Wolfmuller, I hope you could. You, you're the next two, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stand up here, man. You gotta, you gotta, you know, step up.
3: Yeah, it, th- this doesn't bother me though because the points on Table Talk Radio are like seminary gag lines, dating tips. They just don't mean much. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: it's com- th- th- this always <laughs> comes up uh, when when uh, is losing by like I don't know two thousand points. I'm a cornered bear. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, oh, Pastor, do you think we can get these next two in and then maybe just go spill over the break a little bit?
3: Yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be
2: fine. Well, the next one then is the worst Christian sex idolatry. Of course, uh, you see countless churches doing sermon series and uh, promotional things on Christian sex, you know, uh, 30 days challenge of Christian sex or uh, these kinds of things. Um, so this is this is kind of a a new fad to talk about sex in the church. And uh, it's kind of lost its wow. You know, you see a few news clips saying, "Oh, this church is talking about sex. They can't do that in church." But now it's kind of become commonplace. So, Pastor Wolfmiller, what's your nomination for the Christian sex idolatry?
3: Mine is the sermon series at uh, from Flipside Church called "My Ultimate Lover." Uh, which is, and it's just kind of actually a basic run of the mill, one of these sex marketing, uh, scams. Uh, but it allows us to talk about it. I mean, I think there's maybe three things to mention about all this nonsense. First, um it seems like almost every modern and even maybe even ancient heresy has at its root, one of the driving things is a desire for unhindered sexuality. We know that in the flesh of man echoes the Lord's word, be fruitful and multiply, and, and that that's part of, part of nature, but that nature is always corrupting that and is always trying to um, uh, take that control of that and throw off the Sixth Commandment, which says you shall not commit adultery. So uh you have all these modern heresies I mean from the Mormons to all of the cults that you see uh they all seem to center on sexuality multiple wives uh extra young women being married and things like this even in the in the with the Muslims you see that uh and uh and I think this is spilling over now into the church now the other thing that comes in here is that marketing tells us that sex sells and so if uh, if you're getting going about the business of selling the church, then you're going to eventually end up in these uh, sexual um, areas where you do it. So this is mine, uh, with that understanding, my ultimate lover
2: uh, All from right.
3: Flipside Church.
2: And mine, we'll uh, go and explain it now and then, then get the, uh, the winner on the other side of the break. But this is uh, the, the proposal for Christian pornography. Uh, this is serious. It's not a joke. Uh, this is sex in Christ, uh, sexuality according to the Word of God, and they propose that it is okay for Christians to view pornography uh, as long as it's in the context of their own marriage and the porno- the pornography models, I guess you could say, are married themselves. They 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 offer the following stipulations: it must depict only married couples engaging in sexual acts; it must portray sex within the context of a Christian marriage; it must be instructional. Uh, husband and wife must both receive their due benevolence. Um and no profanity, etc. So uh, evidently, there, there's uh, I, is this a, just an organization, Chris, that that's putting this out.
0: Um, hard to say exactly who they are, but uh, their proposal. The the weird thing about it is, is that when I put it up in the museum, there were people that came on defending the idea. Ugh. So, wow, yeah, it's yeah, like what I really want to do is watch evangelicals mating. That that really sounds uh, fun
2: now this is this is the one of, of all the of all the nominations this is the one that was most surprising to me that there'd actually be Christians saying that trying to justify the view of pornography which is uh, vile and evil in and of itself but um, that, that's my nomination we'll, we'll get at Chris's selection for the worst Christian sex idolatry right after this break more Table Talk Radio stay tuned be right back
1: Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, as told by scripture alone. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. I'd like to thank you for listening to Table Talk
2: Radio. We want to hear from our listeners. You can call us at 866-851-5523 or by email evan at tabletalkradio.org or Pastor Wolfmiller, prbw at tabletalkradio.org. You can also visit with other Table Talk Radio listeners as well as the hosts by going to our website, tabletalkradio.org, click the forum button. After a free registration, you can chat about any Table Talk Radio episode. Thanks again for listening to Table Talk Radio. Idolatry Awards Show. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, and the, the nominations at hand for the worst Christian sex idolatry
3: uh, is Pastor Wolfner's nomination of uh, what was yours again? My ultimate lover. Apparently, it doesn't matter because yours is going to win again. This yours is terrible. Yeah, oh, mine is the makes me the, sick. The Christian pornography uh, deal. So the, the group, the
2: this organization that's saying that that it's okay for Christians to to view uh, pornography as long as it's Christian pornography. Um, which is uh, preposterous. But uh, Chris, uh, what what is your uh, pick for this nomination?
0: And, uh, well, kind of walking it through from my reasoning here, the, I really consider the uh, you know as terrible as it is this idea of you know somebody proposing Christian pornography. I still think that they're on the fringes of society, and there's a lot of people who you know, even if you know they're not really biblically grounded would realize there's something wrong with that. But I uh, actually am going to pick Wolfmuller's pick, and the reason why is that that you know th- what's happening here is using sex to sell church is becoming a pervasive problem, and it's really impacting a whole lot of people. And that's the one where where there's so many people who are being sucked into this way of thinking that you know that's the one I would rather go after because that's the one doing the most damage in the church right now.
2: All right, so Wolf finally gets something.
0: Yep, he's on the board.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two thousand to one thousand points, and let's go right into this. Uh, We're sermon idolatry. There's going to also be like some sort of a service theme. You know, uh, churches seem to ha- have to have some sort of a uh, some sort of a theme, uh, like like um, you know, if, if you went to Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, you'd probably find some sort of a theme going on, uh, right, Pastor?
0: Sure.
3: Sure. Jesus was crucified for your sins. That's our. That's, theme. that's a good theme. All right. What's your? What's your nomination? Oh, that's
0: so irrelevant. <laughs> that's right.
3: a twenty-year sermon series.
0: Oh man. <laughs> On
2: the.
3: Spanning the of entire Jesus. career
0: of Brian Wolfmuller. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the gospel. Old, look, if the Lord would grant it, I hope so. I, I've picked for my sermon, and we're going to have a little audio here of uh, of Joel Osteen now. He, you know, this is a kind of a worn track. It's not as a cutting edge or anything, but I think this sermon uh, is going to really bring out the theme of his uh, uh, of his preaching, which is so popular. And then we're going to be able to talk about it. Uh, I cut it down a little bit, but it's a it's a clip called "Victory in Life." Uh, the unique thing about this Joel Osteen sermon is that he talks about Jesus and he mentions the Scriptures. So uh, that's a good start, but we're going to see what he does with it. So, Evan, you got it queued up there? All right.
5: I to you today about living in total victory. little over 2,000 years ago, they crucified Jesus on the cross. They put him in the grave, and they thought that was the end of it. But thank God, on the third day, he arose. He said, because I live, you shall live also. He wasn't talking about just breathing. He was talking about living an abundant life. Not a barely-get-by life. Not a life filled with bad habits and addictions and lack and mediocrity. No, because of the price he paid, we have a right to live in total victory. I want you to get that down on the inside. Not partial victory to where we have a good family, we have good health, but we constantly struggle in our finances. That's not total victory. If God did it for you in one area, He can do it for you in another area. Get a vision for it. Don't get stagnant. He has paid the price so that we may be totally free. That means free from bad habits and addictions. Free from fear and worry. Free from discouragement and depression. Free from poverty and lack. Free from low self-esteem. Because of the sacrifice Christ made, We are a free people, and not just barely free, but abundantly free. One translation says, unquestionably free. I like that phrase, before God created the world, He was thinking about us. If you're going to be free, you need to know who you are. You're not just anybody. You're a child of the Most High God. He has breathed His very life into you.
2: Okay, I'm going to cut it off there, Pastor Wolfman, if that's okay. I think we've got the gist of it.
3: The very last line is, uh, God created you to be a, a victor, not a victim, which is the favorite uh, Joel Osteen tagline there. So, this is, this is
2: uh, uh, Joel Osteen in rare form in the sense he's actually talking about the cross. But, uh, Chris, I, I think he misses the point of the cross.
0: Yeah, in fact, if I, if I remember right, that was his Easter sermon from a couple of years ago.
4: <laughs>
0: so um, oh. yeah, He misses, completely misses the point of the cross. It's about you living in victory rather than Christ dying for your sins. You know, of course, sins would hurt, you know, talking about somebody's sins might hurt somebody's self-esteem. And since Joel Osteen has a board game that includes a small mirror that you have to say positive affirmations about yourself, you know, (laughs) listing your sins according to the Ten Commandments definitely doesn't uh, sound like it fits into Joel Osteen's theology whatsoever.
2: That's right. Well, uh, my, my nomination then uh, really quickly uh, is is uh, Pastor David Foster uh, from the, oh, yeah. the Gathering in, in Nashville, Tennessee. He has this, this 16 things he would look for in a church. And I'm yep. going to read these off, uh, at least most of them off real quick, and then, and then answer them if I was going to Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. <laughs> uh, when I enter, do I hear laughter? <laughs> uh, actually, it would be better if you answer these. Well. So when, when I enter Hope Lutheran Church, would you hear laughter?
3: uh you know i i the other day told a joke in uh in the middle of my sermon, and I do that so rarely that no one even knew I was telling a joke <laughs> maybe you 're just not funny well that's uh, an entirely uh, possibility there uh we, you know in in bible class and stuff we uh we sit around with coffee and we and we um and we have a lot of fun as we look at the scriptures and this sort of thing. It's more lighthearted, but when you come to the service, uh, there's a kind of serious reverence there that you wouldn't uh, necessarily hear laughter. Okay, are people greeting me as a job or a joy? Uh, You'd have to ask them. Uh, For you specifically, Evan, I think it would probably be a job. Most people, though, it's a joy to welcome to church. (laughs) Does the place look like they were
2: expecting me?
0: (laughs) If they were expecting me, they'd have beer and and, and nuts on the, on, you know, you know, <laughs> next to the pew, so I can, you know, that, they, that would mean they were expecting me. <laughs>
2: oh man! Are people buzzing as they greet
3: each other? I don't know
2: what that looks like.
3: I don't know either. We, you know, we used to have uh, people would be talking before the service and this sort of thing, but I think it's getting better because when you sit there and you and you look at the altar and there sits uh, the bread and the wine, which will be the Lord's body and blood. Uh, there's a serious thing to be uh, to to be going on, and, and people normally will sit and pray before church, um, thanking God for the gifts He's about to give.
2: Yep. Maybe just a couple more here. Uh, does the music move me? And this kind of goes, Pastor Wolfmer, to your uh, what, what do we call it? The praise song, Cruncher? Uh.
3: Yeah. I, I have a theory about music at Hope, and it's, it goes like this. Uh, just like a mother says, eat your vegetables, the pastor says, sing your hymns. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might not like the way it tastes, but it's good for you. But yeah. uh, does... on
0: your big boy pants. We're going to sing a real song.
2: <laughs> does the pastor smile? Oh, uh, reluctantly. Uh. And then uh, last but not least, do I feel the presence of God?
3: Oh, brother. That's what
0: does worst. that feel like? I don't know. I mean, if you look at the biblical examples of the people who experience the presence of God, you know, you think back to Mount Sinai and when the Ten Commandments are given and God speaks, and the people of Israel said, okay, we don't want God speaking to us anymore. We're experiencing the presence of God and it's freaking us out. You talk to Moses, but don't talk to us. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs>
3: I don't know. Man. Yeah, right. The Bible never talks about feeling God, but hearing him, it's always listen. We're always to listen to God. not to f- this, And this obsession with feeling is just a, I mean, another notch in the theory that we're just sliding full force into pure mysticism and departing from the biblical uh, scriptural uh, truth.
2: All right, Chris, I'm going to leave it to you to, for your final category, Worst Sermon Idolatry. What is your pick?
0: Absolutely,
3: Joel Osteen. Oh yeah, Woo-hoo. man. Yeah, I have
0: to go with Joel. He, you know that him completely biffing it on what Christ died for us on the cross, why he did. I mean, no doubt about that. You, you know, you might have some really dumb ideas about what's what's happening in church, which is what Pastor Foster is doing. I mean, he's basically taking business principles and trying to apply, you know, a Walmart. Uh, methodology to church, but Joel Osteen, I mean, he completely misses the point of the cross, and and he's feeding millions of people literally a different gospel. So have to go with Joel. All
2: right, well that's a tie, and the tie does not go to Pastor Wolfner in this game. Uh, but Chris, we're gonna what? get we're gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna get going on our, on our next game. But thank you so much for being with us for our Table Talk Radio Idolatry Awards Show.
0: Thanks for having me on. All right, take care.
3: Right. And don't forget, to, for all this stuff, we uh, we pulled it from a com, and so visit the Museum of Idolatry, and you can see much more. I don't know how Chris can stomach all this, but uh, it's good to put it on display so that uh, we can continue to call the church to repentance for all of this nonsense uh, and come back to the Scriptures and to Jesus and His cross. I mean, really, for Joel Osteen, talking about freedom. Freedom in the Scriptures is the forgiveness of sins. Uh, and that's the preaching that we constantly need to hear.
2: Now we have about a minute left, Pastor Wolfman. Why don't you tell us about your your little excursion you had recently, and then we'll talk more about it on the inside this break.
3: Oh yeah, last week, uh, uh, Pastor Melius, who's been a guest here on the show, and I were invited uh, to visit the Denver area atheists group, and I went with a little paper to present to them and some and some questions to ask, uh, and spent about four and a half hours with this group of oh, I don't know, a dozen or two dozen atheists uh, talking about what they believe and how it's, uh, uh, what what they cling to, what their central doctrine is. Uh, it was a marvelous discussion. I'm t- still trying to sort it out, but we'll say a few more things about this, uh, about what we did talk about, on,
2: I think, on the other side of this break. Yeah, we'll do it right, right after this. And then uh, I do want to encourage all of our listeners to... Uh, to respond to this show, you maybe uh, you have uh, some comments or questions about what you heard. Well, you can go on to our website, tabletalkradio.org, and there's a link that says Forum. You can go on there. Uh, after a, a brief free registration, you can uh, give us your comments or questions uh, concerning this specific show uh, for about uh, our – our Table Talk Radio Idolatry Awards show or the the uh, atheist business that we're doing. Um, also, so tabletalkradio.org or call us uh, our, our toll-free voicemail 866-851-5523. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this break.
1: If you're still not full, after an hour of Table Talk Radio, listen to Table Scraps, the internet-exclusive edition of Table Talk Radio. On Table Scraps, you will hear additional interviews and discussions. And it's only available on tabletalkradio.org.
2: Segment of Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We're joined with special guest Pastor Jared Melius of uh, Mount Zion Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado. Pastor, how are you? Good. Good.
3: Thank you.
2: Now, I heard you had to uh, go with Pastor Wolfman to this atheist uh, conference
4: here. Voluntary. Uh, it was largely
3: voluntary. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were there, and we were the, the goal of this business was to try to sort out the material principle of atheism. We know the formal principle, at least the stated formal principle, is naturalism. Uh, but what does that tell you? What does nature tell you? What is your core belief? And those atheists that we met with were arguing that there was no core belief. That it was uh, atheism was essentially a negative thing. Uh, But I don't think that holds water. Um, Pastor Muleis, you can comment on that as well, because there is something there that allows them to reject out of hand every claim that there is a God.
4: The first thing they wanted to do, they even put this in the agenda. They wanted to talk about the formal principle. Have you talked about that? The the formal principle is just just this. How do you know uh, what it is that you claim or that you believe? And so they they wanted to obsess over the formal principle, And we wanted to get away away from that, but uh, most of the guys in the group, there were guys, uh, there were ladies and men, uh, they wanted to talk about the formal principle, which is, look, we can't know any of this stuff. You can't know uh, the Bible, you can't know about Zeus, you can't know about, oh, what did they say, the flying spaghetti monster, uh, wherever that comes from.
3: The teacup that rotates around Jupiter too—that's that kind of nonsense. Too. So essentially, uh, they were—they were just sitting there
2: telling you what they don't believe. You wanted to get to what they do believe, and they couldn't articulate anything.
3: Well,
4: they started to. Uh, I mean, there is a sort of great big void there, and there—there there seemed to be. I, I asked them one time. I said, "Look, you seem to—you seem to say that there's like some virtue in believing nothing." Uh, and I think some of them there would dismiss that, but some of them, in fact, were saying, yeah, there's some uh, courage, some independence uh, with just simply leaving it hanging out there and not believing anything at all. Uh, but I don't believe it, because uh, once we got to pushing on it, I don't know, uh, uh, brother, I think you got it as much of this as I did. Once you got to pushing on it, uh, they would say, no, 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 we want to improve the environment or we want to make the world a better place or so there's less suffering, maybe. Uh, they they might even say so that people live longer, although they're not really, none of them there were uh, particularly uncomfortable with death.
3: Yeah, it was a strange sort of thing because they would talk about how uh, they, they wanted to work and do good, but then when you press them on what's good is, then things kind of fell apart. In fact, we were talking about evolution, and I said evolution would teach us that things are progressing, and they wouldn't let me say that. Because the idea of progress for them is dangerous, um, because it implies a good and an evil. It's it's a, there's an inconsist- a great inconsistency there. Because on the one hand, um, atheists are obsessed with answering this question: how you can have a morality without having God? Uh, they there has to be something there for them. So they are obsessed with coming up with a morality. And yet on the other hand, they're obsessed with kind of this completely natural deterministic kind of understanding of nature which d- won't allow that and and so there's this uh, kind of terrible inconsistency in the thought there uh all it's kind of to support the idea that you were talking about there that there is some sort of understanding of the courageousness of being able to believe nothing in fact they would talk about the moment of deconversion where they reached an enlightenment where they realized and, and this is an, uh, an important distinction they realized not that there wasn't a god but they realized that they didn't need God. And so they there was this kind of, uh, for them, this kind of great liberation when they realized that God wasn't necessary.
4: I agree. I, 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 so I think that there was, in that kind of an answer, a an almost rejection of God uh, just for the sake of rejecting, almost as though they wanted to reject Him. Uh, not a, I, I mean, see, when we sit down with them, They'll sort of champion them as the uh, sort of an elite or really a high thinking group and, and and Christians, of course, uh, Christians, they simply are believing whatever somebody tells them. Uh, so they would, they pointed out to us and they were happy to point out that, well, look, weren't you born in the church? Didn't your parents force this stuff on you and you just haven't been able to free yourself of it? They want to champion themselves as being detached, uh, being able to think through this stuff. Uh, but I didn't get when you pressed them. I didn't think that that they could hold that for very long, uh, because once you got it to the bottom of it, with a lot of these people, uh, they have some aversion to God, some almost hatred of God, and a, a real dismissal of Christians. Uh, so you you had the one guy, uh, probably the most outspoken. He said when we talked to him, remember, uh, he said, "Look, even if God were to come down and shake my hand." I still wouldn't believe in him because there's, because it might be a trick. He might be acting nice, but he's really an evil god. I have no way to know uh, that he could be a good god or an evil god. All I have really is myself, uh, and that's the only thing I can trust.
2: Kind of, the, kind of the I think therefore I am. Kind of the only thing that I I can trust is me. Um, but did did. Do you guys ever address the, uh, I don't know, the historical evidence, the, the Gospels that we have? Did they ever make an attempt to discount that, or was that not really in the, in the discussion?
4: They're obsessed yeah. with it, Evan. Uh, the, uh, uh, I did, I think from probably a half a dozen different ones, they would say, look, how can you believe all these stories? And something, one of them asked me, he said, look, what do you do when you come to a part of the Bible that just doesn't make any sense at all? Uh, or something and so i don't think they actually read the bible they, i i certainly don't think they understand it or are really even making an attempt but they just echo and parrot these views of that the bible is full of contradictions and things that don't make sense myths fairy tales and so on and and they can't believe that we would believe it i mean they're they're obsessed with the bible i think
3: and this is one of their big tricks that, that they that they play when they're trying to um uh, when they're trying to deconvert a Christian, they'll say uh, they'll ask this kind of question, and this, and this is the uh, the way that they um, they do it, obsessing on this on the biblical contradictions and this sort of thing. They'll say, "Well, do you believe in Zeus?" Uh, the person says, "Well, no, of course not." And they say, "Well, why not?" And and what what they're doing, what they're trying to do with that question, is to tempt you to be a, a rationalist or a materialist. To to say, well, I don't believe in Zeus because there's no evidence of Zeus. I don't believe in Zeus because uh, I've never seen Zeus. I don't believe in Zeus because it's just silly old mythology. And then the the trick is to lump the Bible right in there with it and say, well, that's no different than the Scriptures. So you don't believe in Zeus and it doesn't hurt you, so don't believe in Jesus and it won't hurt you. Uh, In fact, a lot of the people there had been through that process, that kind of thinking process uh, in, in their way to becoming atheists. But, I mean, if, if you're listening and, and you're ever talking to an atheist and they pull this trick, look, the reason why we don't believe in Zeus is because we believe in Jesus, is because we believe in the Holy Trinity who says there is no God but me. Um, it, it's God who casts out all the other idols. And, and this temptation to, um, uh, to become a materialist and to think that there is no uh, existence outside the material world, I mean, this is a kind of terrible thing uh, to bring us to the foolishness of unbelief.
4: Uh, I think, yeah, the answer to your question, Evan, is no. I don't think we got into it that much, Uh trying to prove that the Bible is true and that, trying to prove the resurrection and that sort of thing. We, but that's because I, think, I mean, we went with the specific purpose of not trying to prove this habit, really asking them the question of what is it that they believe. Right. Uh, what, what positive do you believe? I said at one point. I said, look. Um, Christians have done this all. Uh, we've we just set out on the table here. Look, here's what we believe, uh, and we've taken the risk, and that we, we've said, look, uh, critique it, uh, try to undo it if you'd like, uh, and and we said, but that's what we're here doing tonight. I said we're asking you to lay out on the table what you believe, so that we can critique it. Ah, oh, they said, ah, oh, so what you're really trying to do is pigeonhole us, uh, so that you can dismiss us. And what did you say? Uh, what did you say, Brian? You said. I said, yeah, that's right. exactly right. <laughs> 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 and, you said, and you said, look, I hope you're not offended by that or something. That's, that's precisely, we want to know what you believe. And we think it's fair to ask you, what is it that you believe? And subject, can you subject what you believe to criticism the way that you criticize what everyone else believes?
3: yeah but they they wouldn't have it though I mean that's the trick you know they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't admit to anything, which I think is still I mean I think it's a matter of self-deception. I mean perhaps they think that there's not not something they're positive that they're asserting, but there certainly is. I mean but there's great confusion there. Uh, is what I'm asserting the the independence of my own mind to discover the truth? Uh, well, then that doesn't quite work because my mind I see isn't totally dependent and, and completely free because I will at one point die. And so death brings an end to all sorts of um, uh, this idea, the illusion of self-determinement. But then they say, well, evolution answers the problem of death because it means that uh, death is in service of, of life and survival. And so then we say, well, that means that there's something that's good, life and survival but and progress. And they say, well, no, we don't want to quite have a good or evil, because that, too, impinges on my uh, the illusion of my freedom to do whatever I want. And so uh, they run into trouble on every side. As long as they, I think, wouldn't think it through that much, though, then they can have this, like I said, the illusion of self-determinism, and I can do whatever I want.
2: Yeah, that, that's all the time we have for this edition of Table Talk Radio. But, uh, Pastor Melius, thank you for uh, coming on and, and talking with us about uh, your visit to the, the Atheist Group in, in Denver, Colorado.
4: Of course. Thank you.
2: And uh, don't forget to tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio uh, right here. Also visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. And do me a favor. Uh, during the commercial breaks, you heard the, the sponsors that, that sponsor Table Talk Radio. Go ahead and uh, give them a thank you. They're the reason we're on, uh, on the radio, so they're the ones that need to hear it. Uh, tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.
1: You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.
3: 2,000 to 2,000. I can't believe it. We tied.